believe that song? I do too. I believe that song very much. That's why, you know, I oftentimes say two ble- the most important books in a Christian's life is the Bible, King James Bible, and uh, the hymnal. And uh, what a blessing it is, the songs that we sang here tonight. So glad you're here. Let's take our Bibles, turn to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Familiar verses, I'm sure, to all of us. I, I know it is to me. Uh, I, I grew up on these verses. And uh, in a Christian school, went to Hammond Baptist. Uh, when our preacher started the school, it was, in, uh, it was my 11th grade year. And uh, I was able, my parents wanted me to go. I wanted to go. And uh, I know many of sermons that, uh, in chapel that they preached were from Romans chapter 12. And uh, I know we're not a bunch of high schoolers, a few of them in here today, but uh, the rest of us, we've been long out of school maybe, and, uh, but I believe these verses are for every Christian. Ver- verses 1 and 2, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, since just the two verses, let's read it in unison now. You ready? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable of God. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, and I need you, Lord. Help me as I preach. And, and uh, Father, we're going to talk about some things that uh, we need to hear. And, uh, Father, I believe it's, it's scriptural. It's right from the Bible. And, uh, Lord, help us to... Check our lives out and see if we're being conformed to this world. So, Father, I pray that uh, you might transform us tonight and help us be what we ought to be. And, Lord, if there's somebody here not saved, that's the most important thing, they get saved. But, Lord, for every saved person, may we understand that our bodies will be a living sacrifice. So, Father, help us now tonight and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Again, I've heard many, many sermons from this portion of Scripture. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think you could ever preach too much of the Bible. Uh, I believe that we need it, and we need it over and over again. Uh, repetition is a very important thing in the Christian's life. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't preach the same sermons. Uh, I, every week I get new sermons together. Uh, I have to say this, I know a lot of things that I say, I've said it before, and I, I know this too, because I write in my Bible, in wherever I've preached, I put a little note there, the title of the sermon, and when it was, and I, I, I remember, remember those things, but I've preached, I've preached from Romans chapter 12, and I think there's about four sermons I have noted here that I've preached, they're not the same. Uh, I always pray each week, God, give me what we need, and I prayed what the Lord would have us have tonight. And so I, I've, 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 heard, I've heard a lot of sermons from this. I've preached many a times from it. And uh, I, I believe that, uh, uh, you know, especially in, in the Christian school, we heard it all the time. I remember Dr. Billings was the principal of our school, and he used to always talk about present your body a living sacrifice. And I, I still believe this Bible. I still believe it. I know times have changed, but I still believe this Bible that we're not to be conformed. And it starts out by saying that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable and unto God. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the Bible doesn't say that we're to present our bodies so it might be acceptable to us. Because my acceptable might not be the same as God's acceptable. 
In fact, I know it's not. God's perfect. I'm not. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to present myself to where I think I'm okay. I need to present myself to where God says, that's okay. And, and, and his will is, is done. And it, say, it goes on, though, to say in verse number 2, and be not conformed to what? This world. We're not to be conformed to this world. So when we read the verse 1, it goes into this second, second verse here, something else very important. We look and say, well, our bodies ought to be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, our, which is our reasonable service. And I have to say this, too, before I go on. It is a reasonable thing to surrender yourself to the Lord. It is not unreasonable. It's reasonable. You know, a lot of people get their lives, and, you know, as a pastor, you talk to folks and people come to you about problems. You know, a lot of our problems would never happen if we would do what this verse says. People get themselves into problems, and then they think, well, you know, all right, how do I get out of this problem? Well, you've got to surrender yourself, and, but people, they don't want to do that. They just want God to, you know, kind of snap his fingers and everything be okay in our lives, but uh, that's not the way it happens. But the Bible said we're, to be, we're not to be conformed to this world. And one of the saddest things that's happening in, in Christianity today, I believe, is that, that uh, Christianity is, is becoming conform, conforming to the world. And, and, and I, I think we all would agree tonight, our world has gotten really, really crazy. And amazing the things we hear about and uh, things that we're told and, and what is uh, being given to our children I mean, some of the things we hear now that are being taught to pre-kindergarten kids are things we didn't know about till we were in our latter teenage years. You say, well, you know, that, you, know you just didn't know those things. There's nothing wrong with knowing, not knowing bad things. You know, we don't have to say, well, I just want to tell the kids everything. Well, I don't think that's the thing we ought to do. We ought to tell them the truth. We don't need to teach them bad things. We don't have to go on and let them know about all the wickednesses in the world, although we're going to mention some things here tonight. But this is all in our faces today. And so when I think about the, the church and Christianity, I think about the, the church and the Christian is that Christianity I'm talking about. It's not some thing, Christianity, that's out there that's not to be conformed. Christianity is the church and the people of the church. That's what we're talking about that we're not to be conformed. Now, we see a lot of conforming to the world today, and yet there's a lot of preachers still that preach the gospel. They preach about that you must be born again. A lot of people, I, I understand this too, there's a lot of folks who have uh, the right, they, they, they know the language, and they'll say, I'm saved. And then, you, you know, we have to go a little bit farther now and say, well, what do you mean by that? And they go, well, I, you know, and they'll say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, the devil believes and he trembles. But the devil's not saved. Jesus said you must be born again. We've got to be born into God's family. Even I've, I've run to people before and said, well, I've been born again. Ask them, what do you mean by that? And they have no clue. And uh, we were born the first time, uh, this flesh, but then we need to be born spiritually again. And uh, the Bible does say, and, and like I say, there's, there's, some, there's some folks that go to churches what I would not go to. Very liberal churches. Uh, churches that are just like the world. And uh, I'm not going to make any apologies tonight for what I'm going to say this evening, all right? So you might want to reach under your seat, put, pull up your seatbelt, and tighten it up because it's a ride, all righty? I promise I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm trying to help you to know some things because I've seen so many people, they go the way of the world. 
They skip Romans 12, 1 and 2. They don't present themselves, their bodies, a living sacrifice, and then they conform to the world and they think it's okay. And so I know there are some that preach the things of, that you've got to be born again, and I've run to people, go to churches I wouldn't go to, and they say yes, and they know they're saved, and they say the preacher preaches that, and I thank the Lord. But you see, being born again is the first thing in a Christian's life. It doesn't stop there. Of course, a person needs to be saved, and then they need to be baptized in obedience to the Lord. Now, baptism won't take you to heaven, but that's the first thing of obedience. But you don't stop there either. There is that, that, that time of us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. That we're saying, God, here I am. Uh, these are not my hands, they're your hands. These are not my feet, they're your feet. I'm surrendering myself, this body that I have from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I'm surrendering it to you. Modern religion today, though, has a problem with the blood. I don't have a problem with the blood. Hey, man, I used to pass out every time I had to give blood. I'd go in there, and they would, they, would, they would go take blood, and I'd be out. I remember one day I was out cold, and, and I was leaning over like this, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden I'm starting to come to, and I hear the nurse calling, Doctor, Doctor. And, and just as I looked up, the doctor stuck his head in the door, and he says, Oh, he'll be all right. On my, on my paper, you know, I have your file, and on my file, it said on there in, in red marker, lay him down when you take blood, because they got tired of picking me up. I don't like blood like that, and even now, though, I, I, since I had my, my cancer, I don't have a problem giving blood. I go in there, but I don't look at it. And they, they go, it'll pinch, and I'm like, okay, it'll pinch, but don't let me see the blood. And I'll sit there, I'll give the blood, I have no problem. I don't have any problem with the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't like bloody stuff like that, but I'm glad for a bloody religion. People say, people say well, I, I don't want a bloody religion. You cannot have real religion unless you have the blood. Nobody's saved any other way than through the blood of Jesus Christ. It takes the blood to wash away our sins. And whoa, thank the Lord for the cleansing power of that blood that washes away our sins. There was a time when people believed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and now you find hymnals that leave songs out that mention the blood. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't give a dime, and I wouldn't give five minutes to a church that doesn't have songs in the hymnal about the blood. Just saying. You say, well, you're pretty narrow. Well, that's a pretty narrow book that I have. And I don't know how you can leave out the most important thing about the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people today who don't believe that heaven's real. I believe heaven's real, amen. You know, you got you an NIV, it tells you there that in the Father's house as many apartments or, or rooms. Now, folks, I'm telling you something right now. We're not going to a heaven that has a bunch of rooms. We're going to a heaven that has mansions. You say, well, you think you deserve it? No, I don't deserve it. But my God said that in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So whenever God says something, we can believe it. And I'm telling you right now, there is heaven is real. You say, well, just a figment of your imagination. No, I believe the streets are gold too. I believe the pearly gates and all the different things we find those gates made out of. We, and the walls we look in the book of Revelation we read about. I believe it's literally that way. So, preacher, people don't believe that anymore. Well, you found one preacher tonight that still believes that. And I believe with all my heart, well, there's a bunch of folks in this room still believe it too. There was this time when we used, churches used to sing in the sweet by and by. What a beautiful song. 
They used to sing the songs when we all get to heaven. And now it's, they got that 7-Eleven chorus. You know, seven words 11 times. It's over and over again. And then you got someone up there in stretch britches or clapping their hands saying, give Jesus a hand. You don't give Jesus a hand. Give him an amen. Give him a hallelujah. Give him a praise the Lord. I'm tired of this worldly stuff. Amen. I say, preacher, you ought not say those things. Somebody better say something because there's so many folks that are being fooled by this garbage that's going on today. I just want to remind you tonight, we're sitting in a church that still believes a person needs to be born again. We're church, you're sitting in a church tonight that still believes that, that there's a place called heaven that's real. I also believe that hell is literal. There's a real burning hell. You say, well, you know, I don't think. I just a figment of your imagination. No, my Bible says there's a hell. God said it. I believe it. There's a real hell, real fire. You go, well, I don't think there's really fire. Well, then why did God say there's fire in hell? They say, well, you know, I just, I just, don't, I just don't believe it. And, and they'll, say, they'll say this. Well, I believe that when you die, if you're lost, you're separated from God. Yes, yes, yes. You're separated from God because God is in heaven. Separation from God is in hell. And it's burning with fire. You say, well, that's just what you think. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says, Revelation 20, verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. He didn't say you go into a mindset to be cast into a lake of fire. People say, well, you're not so old-fashioned. Well, praise the Lord, it is. There is a literal hell burning with fire tonight. And there is a hell that people who do not trust Christ, they go to that burning, fiery pit forever and ever. You remember the Bible talks about that, that, that rich man died and was in hell and torments there. He wanted, just, he wanted Lazarus to go and dip his finger in some water and touch his tongue to give him some relief in that place called hell. That man has been in that place called hell. Now, ever since it was recorded in the Word of God, he's still there tonight. I believe we could open the doors of hell up and we could have that man come out and speak to us. He would say, ladies and gentlemen, listen to what the preacher's saying because hell is real. I don't think we'd want to smell. You know, they keep talking about the Bible says that hell is enlarged. And I keep reading different stories about the inner, 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 uh, inner part of the, of the earth. And they talk about the molten fire there. And I believe, I really, I believe the hell's right in the middle of the earth. It burns with that fire, and there are those that are there right now that they rejected Christ their Savior. The Bible says in Matthew 25, verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me. This is Jesus speaking here. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You say, preacher, do you know what year it is? I certainly do. I have a calendar in my office. I have a calendar up here by the radio thing, and uh, I have it on my phone. I know what year it is, and I know this. I know that the word of God is still true, and there is a place that's been prepared. You see, hell is not a place that was prepared for you and I. But if we, ex- we don't accept Christ, that's where we go. We're prepared for the devil and his angels. We still believe if you're saved, you go to heaven. Amen. You say, well, preacher, what if I'm not all I ought to be? If you're saved, you go to heaven. If you're lost, you go to hell. You say, well, what if I'm really a good lost person? You go to hell. That's what you're going to do. You say, preacher, you were so much nicer this morning. <laughs> I set you up. I told you to put seatbelt on. But, you know, these are things that have always been true. You know, the wonderful thing about it is I didn't just come up with it this week in my office. It's always been true. For, for, forever. 
And I think the Bible says in Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You know what that means? It doesn't change. It's settled. These rewriters of the Bible, remember I read to you that about from Peter this morning? Wasn't that the most goofy thing in all the world you ever heard of? You know, these, these stupid folks, they, they're trying to rewrite the Bible there. You know, they've been trying to rewrite the Bible. You think that's crazy, so is the NIV. So the ESV, that's one of the popular ones today, and so all the rest of them too. You know, you know what Bible you need? You need one Bible, it's called a King James Bible. That's, and it reminds us every time we have it at the end of the lane, says King James Lane. How many times, you know, I'm on the phone, I order something, you know, and I say, what's your address? And I go, 203 King James Lane. You always tell someone who know, who's a Christian usually. They go, oh, I know what you mean. Amen. I'm glad, I'm glad that sign's out there that says that because we still believe this King James Bible. But we understand the Bible tells us something very important, the Word of God. Or I think we could see this. The word of God did not conform to the world. This Bible here has not conformed to the way the world thinks today. This world is this this world looks at this book and says, "I don't get it." You know, with all the education we have, they don't they can't get the these and thous. The problem is they they don't like the words that are in between the these and thous. And they, they, they want to run from that, and they say, well, you know, no, forever thy word has been established. It's forever true. It's not changing. And, 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 and uh, uh, you, you say, but preacher, what, what about, you know, the, the, the new versions, though? They, they've changed. Well, wait a minute. Do you know what? Now, listen to this carefully. The new versions are not the word of God. Now, you know what? This will make a bunch of folks really upset, but that's Okay. And we're recording this, by the way. And we're going to put it on sermon audio. I'm going to put it under another preacher's name. I'm not going to put my name on it. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care. I, I, hope, I hope it stirs up a horn's nest in some places. But I, 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 you know, you say, well, what about these other versions? You know, they've changed, but the other versions are not Bibles. They're not the Word of God. They're what I call perversions. You go, well, they help me understand. Oh, baloney, they don't help you understand. They take away from the word of God. You say, well, it really doesn't matter. Well, what they do, they take away from the virgin birth. If Jesus or if Mary was not a virgin, we don't have a savior. Oh, all Mary had, if Mary wasn't a virgin, all she had was a man like you and I with a sinful nature. But she was born, he was born of a virgin. He had no sinful nature. He was tempted in all manner like we were. Remember, we were talking about that on Wednesday night. But he, without sin, he never sinned. He didn't have that old nature. But he took upon the sin of you and I upon himself, not his sin. He didn't die for his sin because he had no sin. He died for our sin. The world's changed. And I have to say, you know what? Probably many years ago, it wasn't too hard to try to straddle the world and the church where you know you can kind of almost I'm against this but where you could almost hold on to the church and hold on to the world like this and because it was so close you know there used to be a time when lost people went to church you can't find saved people going to church today well I haven't been back to church you know COVID well I'll tell you what ladies and gentlemen COVID ought not stop us and COVID is done the hoax is over you know 
And now, now what happens? We're, we're able, we're able to be, be out here. And, and so, well, you know, I just I think about some, some folks I've talked to lately. Well, they just haven't got back. You get back into church. We need church. But there was a time when lost people went to church. There was a time when lost people and communities had called blue laws, where the stores were closed on Sunday. Never heard such thing, have you, young folks? These young people, they don't know what we knew way back yonder. There was time. I mean, I mean we, my dad had, had security at one of, the, one of the malls, one of the first malls built, enclosed malls, and he had security for the place. And after church, we would go by, and he had to check the doors. I remember my mom would go to, we got home, we'd get out from church, and we'd go down to that place, and my mom would window shop. Window shop means this, you don't spend money. Amen? And my dad, he didn't mind window shopping. He minded when mom went when they were open. But there was a time, all those stores, that mall was closed, and all the stores were all closed there. There was a, and thank the Lord, there's still some communities around that are dry. Oh, young folks wonder, what's dry mean? means they had no liquor. I remember growing up in, in Indiana, every time you went to Walgreens, they had their liquor part there in Walgreens. And when we went to Burgers, the grocery store, they had the liquor aisle. You went to A&P, there was a liquor aisle. I remember when I moved out here, I couldn't find I wasn't looking for it, but I, I didn't see it, all right? Uh, my, I was getting it for my wife. But, uh, no, we, it, it wasn't around here. And I thought, I can't believe this. There's no liquor in these stores. There was a time. It was a time when the world wasn't, it didn't seem like it was so far. It always was that gap there, but it wasn't like it is today. But the, the difference has widened. The world's gotten worse. And really now, if you're a Christian, you can't even reach it. It's that far out. You know the only way to get a hold of it? Move over to it. Amen. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're not to be, we're not, as the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some of the things I'll mention here tonight may stir up hornet's nest, but that's all right. I don't think with you folks. It may with some other folks. And if, and if you do get upset about it, the best thing to do is when you walk out going, that was wonderful. And just go in the car. Once you get out the lane, then just let me have it. All righty? Don't let me have it while you're here. Let me have it later on. But here's the thing. When you go to let me have it, stop and think, did he tell me the truth? That's why we have our Bibles tonight. Let me give you several things this evening. Number one is this. Christians are not to conform to the world. If we look at the modern Christians today, we'll see there's hardly a difference than the world. The world today, and I was at Brother Corals the other day, and he was telling me this, and I don't, I don't, I'm not on social media. I'm unsociable. And uh, I, I'm not on social media. I don't, I don't, I don't do all that stuff. And, I, you know, a bunch of garbage out there. And there's a lot more important things in the world than social media. I don't understand why people spend all their time on Facebook and that. Just, I told you, buckle up. But anyways, he was saying that they've been seeing a lot. Somebody told, Brother Coral's not on it either, and, and somebody said, hey, did you see this picture? And they showed him the picture on the phone. Shows a Baptist preacher, him and his wife, out to eat with glasses of wine. And I'm like, he goes, can you believe it? I said, I can't. 
You know, as long as I've known, Baptist folks have been against that. You say, well, that's just what the Baptists believe. No, that's what the Bible says. Well, what about Jesus turning the water into wine? He turned it into the grape juice. He wasn't fermented. The Lord didn't do something he said not to do. The Bible says don't look upon the wine while it moves. And so what happens is so the old world uh, is, is changed so much. And the modern Christians today, we, it's hard to find any difference in them. Now we've got Christians that are, are drinking. I saw a picture. Someone showed me the picture of a preacher, a Baptist preacher. And if I said his name, most of you would know who it was. Took his daughter to the uh, prom. And has the picture of him with his arm around his daughter dancing. God have pity on supposed to be a man of God going to the dances. You say, oh, preacher, you're just so old-fashioned. Thank you for the compliment. I still believe, you know, the only dancing I ever did was called break dancing. Remember those? You fall down the ground, roll all around. Remember the break dancers? You say, you did that every time my mom spanked me with the belt. <laughs> oh, I've been out of the you're killing me. My dad walked in and said, Joanne, you're going to kill him. She goes, I'm trying, but he won't die. <laughs> now you got, you got Baptist preachers taking their daughter. Hey, you said, well, which he, did, he didn't want to take his, he didn't want, he didn't want his daughter to go to that dance by herself or go with some other boy, so he went with her daddy. You, daddy, why don't you be a man? Why don't you put on some boy pants and man pants and say, you know what? You are not going to the dance. We are not going to the dance. We're not going to have a part of that. You say, well, preacher, you got to have it. Hey, it's prom time. The kids have to have it. Kids don't have to have the dance. They don't have to have the prom. They don't need to be doing that. Oh, preacher, you're just really backwards. I told you. When I think about conforming to the world, the way we dress, the way we talk, our behavior, conform to the world. I just read a story this afternoon. What's happening in the schools in America today, the kids are showing up with animal ears and animal tails. I'm telling you what, just, you know, that's, that's kind of goofy and silly, but you know what? These poor kids don't even know what gender they are. Now, they, they said this was happening. The school district all of a sudden said, hey, listen, we've got to stop these kids from wearing animal ears and, and wearing tails. And, they, and, and some of them said, well, it's okay to wear the ears, but they, they, we just don't want them wearing tails. I'm not dumb bunnies. And you know what the kids are doing? They're walking down the hallways barking at each other. And they're, they're meowing at each other. And I'm like, you know, what in the world? What do you expect when you've told those kids they came from monkeys? And you told them you don't know what you are. Let, you just kind of figure out what it is. And you're, you're gender fluid. They're called furries. What a crazy thing. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I just don't understand people today. You know, I, I just grew up in a time when, when most guys were men. And most girls were, were, were females. They were girls. They were, they were, they, and a lot more ladies. And, uh, and, and now it is a mess. Number two, Christians running with the wrong crowd. I think sometimes... Christians run with the wrong crowd so they look good. You know what? Let's say, I think, man, I'm really tall. I'm about 6'1". I don't know. They say when you get older, you shrink, so I'm not measuring anymore. 
Well, I'm about 6'1", and you know, I'm pretty tall. But you know what? There's people that are 6'5", 6'6", 7 foot. I go, I'm really tall. I stand next to a guy 7 foot tall. I'm not that tall. But if I stand next to these boys right here, I'm taller than you guys. Better looking, too. I'm taller than them. You know, I can stand there and I can say, hey, I'm taller than all you guys. I look pretty good that way. You know, I think that's sometimes why people want to run with the world because they're such a bad Christian. They want to look good being compared to a world. Amen. I mean, this makes sense. I really don't want to be surrendered to the Lord. I really don't want to, I don't want to do this, present my body a living sacrifice. Why? Why, I'm going to look different, so I'll hang out with the really bad people, and I will look like I have light. You see, but the thing is, it's not about us being different. People won't, they, they, they won't conform to this old world, but they won't be transformed by the renewing of their mind. You see, these verses all fit together, don't they? They all fit together. And, you know, it, it, shouldn't, it, should, you know, it shouldn't be hard if we're a Christian to, to be different. I just feel bad for folks that, have, that are not willing to be the Christian but just want to be a little bit different than the world over here. I don't want to be, I don't want to be as bad as they are, but I'll just be over here. And then what I do, I compare myself to them and say, hey, I look pretty good. Hey, how about over here where God's standard's at? That's when folks start looking for other churches. And I think I'm going to go down to a church that preaches, don't preach these things. You go ahead, you can find a church where they have sacrifice or they, they, they worship Satan. Yeah, there's churches like that. You could go to a church where there's a woman preacher who, who's a lesbian who says that it's all right. You could go to churches like that. They're out there, aren't they? You, know, you don't run from the word of God because you don't like what is being said. Look to what the Bible has to say. I'll give you some scriptures here a little bit. But as a Christian, it may not be hard for us to be different. We're not to be conformed so, so we just do look different. But here's the thing. You say, well, preacher, shouldn't we look different? Well, of course, but here's the thing. It's not about us just looking different. It's us having Righteousness. Amen. You know, I, I can I can I can take a lost person and clean them up and they look like a saved person. But they're missing something. Righteousness. Righteousness in a person's life will, will help them to be the separated Christian they ought to be. Without the righteousness, what happens? They can have a cleanup on the outside. It's kind of like this. The Bible, Bible talks about the, uh, the pig. What does he do? You clean him up. What's he do? He runs back into the mud. Why? He's a pig. And so there's a difference here. It's not about us just looking different. You say, well, preacher, you talk about standards and things like that. Not so we just look different, but I'm talking about things that are righteousness found in the word of God. The world is not filled with righteousness. This Bible's filled with righteousness. Righteousness comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We see this kind of kind of light, you know, people like they say, well, they got a little light. They, they're saved. They got a light and it flickers. They got this little light of mine. And it just flickers a little bit. You know, if I had a little candle right now and I had it lit and I'm holding it up right here tonight with the lights and the sun shining like this, it wouldn't be much light. But wait till I'm done with this sermon about 10 o'clock. It won't be that late. But let's say we stay here till 10 o'clock. Turn the lights out and it's dark outside. That little flicker is going to look pretty bright. 
But it's not. It's just I'm over here in the darkness. I'm going to let my light shine when I am surrendered to the Lord. That my light ought to be bright even when all the lights are on and it's sunshiny outside. It's easy to be bright a little bit in the dark. And that's not what God's talking about there. These Christians are conforming to the world. And the world's not conforming to the Lord. Number three, Christians who stay the same distance from wrong. People stay the same distance. All right, tell me about uh, you two guys. Come up here and help me. You two. All right. They're in trouble. I would have had Titus come up, but he was sleeping. All right. Let's, let's say here. All right. You're the world. You look the worst. All right. He, he's, he's the world. All righty. He's the world. You're the Christian. You're really going to have to imagine this one. He's the Christian. See the difference? See, see the space between them? This is the way it's supposed to be. That way is getting worse. So start, take a couple steps. A bit more. You're, you're afraid, aren't you? All right, now stop there. Bigger gap, isn't it? This is what's supposed to happen. He's supposed to look and say, man, I'm a whole lot different than him now. But this is why, come back here again. This is what's happening today, all right? Here is the difference between the Christian and the world. Now, what happens to the world? Take a step, you take a step. You take a step, you take a step. You take a step, you take a step. You take a step, you take a step. Look, I've got baby steps. Let's walk a little bit bigger. Now, what do we find? He's right where the world was. In fact, I think he's a little bit farther than what the world was. Are you a Christian? Yeah. He's saved. He's still the world. He's got, has the world got worse and worse? It has. You know, here's with Christianity. This is where the new, the new progressive church is from. This is where the contemporary churches are, right here. This is where the, 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 the so-called Christians, they say, Man, I, but I'm saved, preacher. It doesn't matter that I have church and I go to church. This is where they're at right here. Because they say this, I'm still different than them. All right, thank you, guys. Go get that. Now walk fast here. Hurry up. Wrong keeps getting worse and worse, and the Christian and the church just keep the same distance. That's, that's why our churches today, church today, you go to them, they got blue lights. You know why? They say the blue and the purple lights cause you to be at ease. You know, I find that grace gives us peace. I believe the Holy Spirit's the one who's able to do that. I don't want blue lights to get me. I want the Spirit of God to get to me. So they got the blue lights and that, and they got the, you know, all of a sudden, go, all right, now let's have, the, let's have the worship team come in. And then you got these folks come in there, and they're getting ready, you know, to clap for Jesus, and, and they're going to sing. And, and all of a sudden, you got someone over here on the piano, and he's just playing, you know, and, and you got that song where the preacher's talking, just get everybody in the mood. And, and the group's out there, and they're just swaying with it, too. Do you know where they do that? They do it in the clubs. That's where they got the lights. You know what's happening? You say, why is it that way? They're over here. They're just like the bar rooms. You look at the preachers, the way they dress today. You go, they got their shirt tails hanging out. They got, they got uh, sequins on the, on the back of their britches. And, and, and I saw the one guy, he had, he had, had that, and he had a, a, a chain hanging out of his pocket. 
and had a leather coat on that had like a Nehru, is it, I think, a collar went up high like this. And he's up there talking about, you know, we just want to clap for Jesus. And then he said, we're just going to, we're going to dance here in a minute because Jesus wants to dance with you. That man is full of belonging. That man is standing over here. I'm not saying he's not saved. He may be a real born-again man, but he is over here. And you know what he's doing? He's saying, hey, come on over here with me. Walk away from it. Walk away from it. You see, right is not relative. Right is absolute. People say, well, you're pretty dogmatic. I'm too exactly sure what that means, but I think it means this, that... uh, that's what I believe. Yes, we are dogmatic. God wrote the Bible, and the Bible's true as it ever was. It has not changed because society has changed. The Word of God has not changed. That's, that's, that's why they're saying, well, we don't want our King James Bibles anymore. Give me that ESV. Give me that. And I, isn't it amazing? They always got to keep changing. <laughs> this old book doesn't change. I don't need it to change. I just need to obey it. You know what Satan wants? He wants us to start changing. Satan doesn't say, all right, Heritage Baptist Church, y'all just go over here right now. That's all right. He says, all right, I know where you're at right now, but you should just change a little bit. Folks, I don't believe we ought to change. As long as this Bible stays, and it is, and it won't change, it's forever settled in heaven, then we must not change. He wants us to start, though. You look at the attitudes today people have about the way they dress. Uh-oh. You know, my Bible tells me men and women are to be, have their bodies covered. Amen. The Bible teaches us we're to have our bodies covered. I think most people ought to cover their bodies just to help keep America beautiful. Amen. You walk around with their old bony legs and the varicose veins sticking out. Man, cover them babies up. Amen. You look at that. You know, man, what, what, what happened? Now you say, well, didn't God make man without any clothes? Yes, Adam and Eve were naked. But they sinned. Because of their sin, what did they do? They made them little bathing suits. Didn't they? They took leaves and they covered them naked, their nakedness, they thought, by leaves. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. That is very little clothing. And God was not happy with that because when God came there, what did he do? He saw them and saw what was going on. They tried to cover their nakedness, but they couldn't cover it to God. And God went and took coats, coats, not bikinis, coats of skin for Adam and Eve and covered up their nakedness. What I'm talking about is a modesty. You see, it was considered in the word of God that when someone revealed their or uncovered their thigh, they were uncovering their nakedness. Isaiah, if you want to turn to it, you can. Kind of relieve some of the tension you're having right now. Isaiah 47, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, take the millstones and grind meal, uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. Notice what he said in verse 3. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered, 
Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. God's saying here that when a person exposes their thigh, it's nakedness. So, oh, preacher, that is so old-fashioned. Yeah, that's old-fashioned Bible. Nakedness is nakedness. In the world today where I'm telling you, I mean, it's just, it's just ungodly what's going on. And, and, and now, now what happens, we, you have women wearing short skirts. You used to call them mini skirts. I don't know if they still call them that. Short skirts. What's short skirt? There's anything that's showing thigh. You say, well, it's just a thigh. It's not showing anything else. The thigh represents nakedness. You say, well, you know, I, I, I don't see it that way. Well, I might, might want to look and see what the Word of God says. You got the ladies wearing the, the short skirts and shorts. And then you got men wearing shorts. Here we go. Again, it'll keep America beautiful. I've never seen a man with good-looking legs. They look like hairy tree trunks. Amen? You say, well, I think I have pretty legs. Then let your wife see your legs. Amen. <laughs> Just, I don't know. It used to be, I don't, I don't talk about it. It used to be, they, the guys wore these short shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good night in the morning, folks. You say, well, I, that just seems so silly to bring those things up. Look where we're at. Look where we're at. You know, the, the, the Christians have this idea, but I'm different. We're not to be different. You're to be righteous. And there will be a difference then. But there is such a thing as modesty. I still believe in modesty, amen? People drinking liquors just as wrong as it used to be. Now they're drinking their wine. I've said about it already. Folks, they're Christians today. I, I've talked Christians before. So, well, I just stop off at the bar on the way home because it helps me relax. Oh, for Pete's sake, quit your stinking excuses. It's wrong. He said, man, I never heard anything like that before. Well, it's about time we hear it. Used to be preachers, all kinds of different denominations used to preach this, and now they're scared to death to bring it up. You say, but what happens if people take their money? Well, there's a God supply all my need. I think I talked about it this morning. Drinking's as wrong as it ever was. Smoking cigarettes is as wrong as it ever was. Dancing's ever wrong, uh, as wrong as it ever was. Now what do we got? We've got marijuana. Go to Altoona now. They've got marijuana everywhere. I, I think they said that, that, that the, there used to be the car repair park or the tire center there in front of uh, Kmart is becoming one of those dispensaries. dispensaries. Sears it has one in their building out there. You see people lining up to get their marijuana. You go on down the road a little bit, down by where they do the windows, your glass in your cars, there's a place there, do the same thing there. I'm like, good night, who's not on marijuana today? You know, you're kind of like the Clampets, it's for medicinal purposes. Let me tell you something, when old Jed and Granny was, was drinking that liquor, it wasn't for medicinal purposes, it was wrong. People there, that's like, well, you know, that's all right. And now what happens to me? Well, it's legal, Pastor. Yeah, so is a lot of things, but it's still wrong. And then our clothing. There's nothing more disgusting than these drag queens. You say, well, I know about some of these people. I have an uncle who's that. 
Well, shame on your stupid uncle. You say, what would you do if you ran across one? I try to tell them how to be saved. I would try to get them one, one to the Lord, and they won't be a drag queen anymore. What's a drag queen? Men dressed up as women. That's what it is. I don't know about you. I've never had a desire to dress up like a lady. I was hoping to have more amens in this room, but I think 75% of you guys are going to Walmart and buy a dress. Eh, preacher, you know, that it's all right. That's why they want to be. God made them that way. You're a liar. God did not make them that way. They chose to be that way. They chose to do it because they're perverts. See, preacher, that'll get you in trouble. So be it. It's still the word of God. It's about time some preachers raise their voices about these things and let it be known. We, we, look at, we look at these men wearing women's clothes and we're disgusted by it, aren't we? Aren't we? Yeah. Let's try this. I'm not getting a lot of amens. How many of you are four men wearing women's clothing? Wow. And amen, you're right. I'm not going to ask you to answer on this one, but how many of you are four women wearing men's clothing? I better do this make sure I'm okay. You know, we're, we're a bunch of hypocrites. We say it's wrong for those men to wear women's clothing and act like women, and yet what happens? You have women who wear men's clothing and act like men. Come on. It's only fair. Say, I know. You say, well, I'll go to a church where they don't preach that. Go ahead. Why don't you just go on to one where they drink? Why don't you go one when they swab wives? They're out there. Levi. Blue Jean Company, you know, and they got line of clothes. I, I just read the story about this. They are coming out with their gender-neutral clothing. You know what that means? That you or your sister can wear those. You know, you, you, could, you could go, you, we'll, we'll, we'll take you here, Reese. You could go to your sister and say, you know, sister, you wearing these, these clothes here today or can I wear them? what? I'd really be worried if they wanted to borrow their sister's clothing. Levi, says, Le Levi said this, when we're seeing a trend where men are really being, uh, uh, are, 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 are desiring women's lines and women are desiring men's lines. Do you see how far we've come? There used to be a time when men believed in being a man. Now they want to be a drag queen and they go, we don't see anything wrong with it. We think we want all little girls and little boys to come here, and we're going to do this thing, and we'll just dance in front of them, act like we're a bunch of women. I'm telling you what, it makes me want to vomit. You say, you shouldn't say vomit in church. I'll follow the word puke, but I won't say that. <laughs> Amen. You say, man, preacher, you're mad. I know I am. Pray for me that I get madder. Trying to, I wrote a bunch of stuff down trying to see what I was writing down. I can't find it. 
Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 22, you doubters, and everybody else too. Deuteronomy 22. So well, that's Old Testament. Well, then just throw all the new Old Testament away. Deuteronomy chapter 22. And, and you know, you know, when I said about the nakedness, do you know that if you go to the book of Leviticus, you'll find out there too that that that, that your children are not to see the nakedness of their mom and dad. We got a thing now. Well, we just want to be free in front of all these kids. No, 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 no. They're not to see their brothers and sisters naked. The Bible talks about that you cover the body up. The body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, where are we at now? Chapter 22, Deuteronomy, you there? Seatbelt tight? All right. Verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth. That means like unto a man. Neither shall a man put on women's garments. Now, we all like that part. But what it says, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. It means women are not to dress like men. Amen. You go to the average bathroom. I don't know. Now they're all unisex bathrooms, and that's how weird we've gotten. You went to the average bathroom, and on the door you saw the stick figure. One was in pants. The other one was in a dress. You know why? There's a difference. Oh, preacher, I can't believe you're saying this. I can't believe how far we've gotten away from the word of God. Now we have women, women and have women wearing wearing men's clothes, and and now men wearing. And we all look. That's disgusting. Those drag queens. What, what do you what do you think about the opposite of it? Now, folks, let me tell you something. I love you. If you don't agree with me, I'm still going to love you. I'll still be your friend. I'm not going to come after the service and pop you in the nose. I'm not going to do anything. Like that. I'm just saying. You know what we need to do? We need to look to the Word of God and see what it says. Now you got women in stretch pants. Oh, that's scary sometimes. I've been walking behind something before, and I'm thinking, if that thing gives loose, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, it always reminds me of a rubber band. All of a sudden, you know, you're pulling them like, you know, it's got to pop. <laughs> I, one day, I, this was years ago, I was with my dad in Indiana, and we were out there on vacation. I was driving along, and there was this woman, and she was portly. She was standing alongside the road, ready to cross the road, and she had one of those black stretch pants on. And I looked all over and saw, I thought, oh, my goodness. And I said to my dad this. I said, Dad, look at that. He goes, oh, my. I said, and they say things don't stretch as far as they used to. <laughs> he just laughed and laughed and laughed. I think a lot of women wearing these stretch pants, they ought to just paint themselves black. And they probably cover more than what they are. So I don't understand what's wrong with that preacher. You show every curve in your body, it's wrong. <laughs> Somebody is saying, what is he not going to say tonight? Well, if you write something down I didn't hit, I'll get it next week, all right? Now, don't get mad at me. I'll, I'll, ask you, I'll tell you to do this. You say, I don't, I don't think it's wrong. I can wear, you know, low-cut stuff, and I can wear, you know, these tight clothes, and I can wear short skirts, and I can go in a bathing suit out there in front of other men, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right, let's, 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 let's next week invite a prostitute to come to church. And we'll have her come up here, and I'll say, uh, uh, ma'am, would you come up here, and would you tell us what you do to get the attention of a man? 
He'd embarrass you. Because she knows what it takes. Exactly what Christian women are doing today. Exposing their bodies. Amen. Amen. She knows. She knows what it takes to get a man to look at her. I I, kind of believe this too. You know, most women know what it takes to get a man to look at them too. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong for a husband and wife. Amen. You know, there's nothing wrong. There's no limits on you there about the husband and wife. I tell you what, ain't nobody else's eyes supposed to be on your, your husband or on your wife. You don't, you don't advertise it. As I, someone said, if it's not for sale, don't advertise it. And now we got trans people. And a guy guy lost his job because he was he said he said he called two women in the in the in the office ladies. That's a compliment. A barista, you know what a barista is? I'm gonna impress you. It's a coffee shop coffee maker, right? The person they fix your coffee. A barista, pretty smart guy. A coffee. And someone said either thank you, man or ma'am, or thank you, sir, because they couldn't tell what it was. And the barista came around and said, You have to leave because you called me the wrong name. Let me tell you something. If I got called ma'am, I would go home and do everything I could so no one ever called me ma'am. <laughs> Amen. I'm gonna say this if you call me ma'am going out the door, I'll probably punch you in the nose. You just don't know anymore. You say, you're making fun. No, I'm trying to get us to understand how wicked this world is. It's not funny what these people are doing. It's wicked. You say, well, you know, I mean, you just think about this. I've used this illustration many times. You've been here for a while. You've heard it. Let's say I go down to Walmart. Because people say, well, you know, ladies say, well, I'm wearing a lady's outfit that looks like a man's so I go to Walmart and I happen to go down one of the aisles and there are dresses for men and I think you know what I think I'm gonna buy one and I go up there and I check it out and lady up there at the checkout thing she goes oh this for your wife and I go no it's for me and I go oh I'll be right back I run back and I get some nylons. I get the kind for the big mama ones, you know what I mean? Because I am. I get me some nylons and I go, ooh. I run over to the cosmetic place and I get me some rouge. Is that what you use, rouge? Blush and lipstick. I'm gonna paint them up big red lips go up there and I go to check out and the lady goes for you? I go yes so I come home and I go and I put the makeup on I even got false eyelashes half of them are falling off but they're on there I got me a wig so I'd have long hair like a woman and I got the dress on I got me some heels and nylons I think, you know what? I want some pizza. I think I'm going to drive up to Martinsburg Pizza. And I get out of the car and I 
walk out in there, and I'm walking on the high heels, you know, and, and, and I get there to that door, I walk in, and all of a sudden goes, hey, pastor, how you doing? <laughs> well, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. I think when I walk out of there, a lot of them farmers that are up there are probably going, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. <laughs> and someone goes, that's my preacher. Do you think those men in there are going to say, you know what, I just knew he was a godly man. <laughs> hmm? You're not going to say that. You'd say, preacher, you did that, I'd leave the church. Yeah, you probably should. But what's the difference if a woman dresses like a man and goes in there? Hello? Well, if the woman walks in there and she's just, and she just goes a part of that too, and, and then people walk out and say, man, she looks just like those other folks. Folks, there's a difference between us and the world. We're not to be conformed to the world. We'd be transformed. That's a difference in our lives. Christians also need to stand and never change. When you start changing, it's really hard to stop. I think about many churches used to be good churches or not anymore. I'm talking about even fundamental churches. I'm talking about Christian schools. I thank the Lord for our Christian school. We have standards in our school. We're not changing them. You say, well, I know there's other Christian schools. Yeah, there are. You look and see their standards. Look at their girls and look at their boys. I'd ask you this, too. Find out if those kids go to church. We had kids always want to come out. I think parents go, we want, our kids in a we want our kids in a Christian school. They need a Christian education. And I asked them, I said, what church do you go to? Well, 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 we really don't go very often. I'm like, you need your kids in church. Because here's what happens. When you start having unchurched kids in the school, the school begins to compromise. You say, do you have a dress code in your school? Yep. Our little girls look like little ladies. And our little boys and our big boys look like men. I don't think Miss Herman ever goes, well, let's see, which one is and which one are you now? <laughs> you, you imagine Titus comes to school and says, Miss Herman, today, I'm a woman. <laughs> you do, man, I'm going to be on you like ugly on an ape. I'm going to beat the <laughs> fire out of you. You know, we don't never change. We've had the same standards in our school all since we started a long time ago. You check the Christian schools today, most of them don't have dress code. Kids don't go to church. I get advertisements from Christian colleges today that will make your hair stand up. You look, and they got, they got the girls looking like the boys, and the boys looking like some homosexual. You say, what's that look like? You know what it looks like. Feminine. They got their man purse. Oh, that's pity. You know, I remember years ago they came out with the unisex. Everybody laughed at it, thought it was crazy. What do we got today? What do we got today? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about done. And you can say, Phew. But you know what? I'm getting old. I know that. But I'm not senile. I believe the word of God is still true. Amen. Young or old, I, I thank God for young men that believe this Bible is true. 
What, I, what really saddens me is seeing some of the old guys compromising today. We must be on guard of conforming to this world. And not just as a church, but as a person, as a Christian in the church. Because the church changes as the people change. And the people begin to demand, they go, man, we need a preacher that's younger. We need one that has new ideas and better, a different vision. What they're saying is we want to be liberal. We don't compromise. We've got to be on guard. Now tonight, you may not have liked some of the things I said. And I honestly, God knows my heart, I said nothing to hurt anybody's feelings. What I've given you is in the Word of God. I shared with you scriptures. And I think really deep down inside we know it's true. I mean, if it, if it offends us one way, it ought to offend us the other way too. God made a man and he made a woman. He made them different. Different the way they act. Different in their, their body types and what they're able to do. A woman's able to have a child and a man is not. <laughs> Listen to them today. Oh, men can. That's how far we've gotten. And people have swallowed it hook, line, and sinker today. We've got to be careful to stick to this book. You may have not liked everything I've said tonight, but you have to say this. I was being honest with you tonight. I didn't come here tonight to try to make friends. I came here tonight to try to, listen to this, help you. So I'll help you. I love you all so much. And I wouldn't be the man of God that I ought to be if I don't tell you the truth. Now, if you get mad, go home. Remember, when you go out, go, hey, it was wonderful. But when you go home, just ask God, God, was that right? And decide, you know what? I'm going to do what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. And I'll present my body a living sacrifice. And I'll be not conformed to this world. But I'll be transformed. Being the Christian I ought to be. To keep a church from going bad, we've got to make sure we don't go bad. Amen. Maybe here tonight, you're not even sure of salvation. Tonight, you could be saved. If God spoke to your heart in a moment, we'll have an invitation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for the, uh, the, the folks as they listen tonight. Lord, uh, I'm glad that their hearts and their, I believe their minds are open to the word of God. And Lord, I, I know, I don't, I don't harp on these things all the time. I know I don't. And Lord, that if anyone says I do, they're not telling, being honest. God, but I, I, I've got to every so often bring these things up again. Because this whole world, it's so easy for us if we're not careful to just stay a distance away from the world rather than staying put where you put us. Now, Father, speak to our hearts tonight. And if there's anybody here this evening that's not saved, I pray they'll come tonight and trust you as Savior. With our heads bowed tonight, if, God, if, you're, if God's speaking to your heart, you're not sure you're saved, you come and get my attention. We'll have someone show you how to be saved. The Christian tonight, God spoke to your heart, maybe about something I said, maybe something else. You do what the Lord says tonight. Father, bless the invitation now. I pray that your will be done. Help us to be responsive to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.